Well, good morning. We're in uh, week three of our uh, series, Awake. And uh, in the week one, we talked about Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 31, that says, If God is for us, who can ever be against us? And we were reminded that the empty tomb of Jesus Christ was God's reminder and His way of saying to all of us, I am for you. Last week, Dan reminded us that uh, God wants to help us awake from worry. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if God is really for us, then why would we allow worry to continue to control us? Why wouldn't we place our trust completely in Him? Well, today I want to try to uh, tackle a uh, huge subject, uh, one that I think affects so many of us in a variety of ways. Uh, Watch this video. That is the horrible cycle of addiction that uh, far too many people find themselves in. Well, you know, here's the thing. 
I don't think anybody wakes up one day and says, you know what, today I'm going to go out and I'm going to royally screw up my life. You know, nobody wakes up and says, suddenly one day, you know, um, I think my uh, teeth are too white and I smell too good, so I'm going to start smoking cigarettes and see if I can get lung cancer. Nobody says, you know what, uh, I want to be really, really fast, so I'm going to eat and eat and eat and eat until food controls me. Nobody says, hey, I think I'll go out and try my first beer. And maybe I'll become an alcoholic and destroy my family. Nobody plans that it's going to happen. Nobody says, today I'm going to get addicted. But it happens in far, far too many lives. Today I want to talk about how we can awake from addictions. How we can find the power to overcome it. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 2, For a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. What is it that has mastered you? What is it that you have become a slave to? What is it that controls your life? What is it in your life that has become bigger than you are? There's a variety of things. Maybe for you it is the habit of smoking and it, it just controls you. That maybe uh, for you, you know, it's a, it's a little, it's a dip, you know, a little pinch between your uh, cheek and gum. And it controls you now. Maybe for you it's smoking weed or maybe it's moved from that to some other drugs that are far more addictive and they control your life. Maybe it's the Internet. And you're, you're addicted to the Internet. You just can't stay away from the Internet. Or maybe it is pornography. And it has mastered you. It has a grip on your life. Maybe it is gambling. And it's controlling your life. Now, maybe it's sports. You know, you, you just are addicted to sports. Maybe it's uh, playing the stock market. You're addicted to that. Maybe for you it's some things that we wouldn't normally think of as typical addictions. Maybe for you, you're involved in an affair. And you just can't break the cycle of that. Maybe for you it's some other sin that has just become a habit in your life and you it is master over you now. You can't break free from this sin habit in your life. If you are honest enough this morning to admit that there is something, there is something that has mastered me, then I've got good news for you. Jesus says He has the power to set you free, to help you to awake from that addiction. So I want to look at the Romans chapter 6. And if you brought your Bible today, why don't you find your way there, open it up on your iPad or your phone or the actual Bible. And I want to read some verses there. And as you're finding your way to uh, Romans chapter 6, I want to pray for us, okay? Let's let me pray. God, I I just want to ask You uh, to work in our hearts today. God, you know what? I I know there are some uh, people in this room that are already very uneasy. Just the fact that we're going to talk about addictions and habits of sin has been very uncomfortable. God, I pray that You'd help them to focus in. And God, I pray that You'd come and You'd work in our hearts and in our lives through Your Holy Spirit. God, You would display Your power to us, Your healing power. And God, You would touch us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if you found your way to Romans uh, chapter 6, listen to what it says beginning in verse uh, 4. We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death 
in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Now here's what he's saying. He's saying in the same way that Jesus Christ died a physical death on the cross and was buried in a tomb and resurrected to live a new life that spiritually every one of us through Jesus Christ can die to our old way of living and we can live a new life. Verse 5. If we have been united with Him like this in His death, we will certainly also be united with Him in His resurrection. And there's that whole resurrection again. Do you remember we talked about that in week one and we said that the resurrection is a clear reminder to every one of us that God says, I am for you. Verse 6, For we know that our old self was crucified with Him so that the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin or slaves to our addictions. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Anyone who has died in Jesus Christ. Verse 8, Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, He cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over Him. The death He died, He died to sin once for all. But the life He lives, He lives to God. In the same way, Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin or your addictions or your habits reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to Him as instruments of righteousness. You know what he's saying here? He's saying because of the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I have the power through Jesus to overcome my addictions, to awake from my sin habits. That my sin, that my addictions doesn't have to have mastery over me. That I don't have to be a slave to those things. That through the power of Jesus Christ, I can overcome. Now, some of you are immediately are tempted to say, but... You don't understand how big my problem is. You don't understand how difficult it is. I think, I, I think the Bible understands. And I want to tell you this morning, His power is big enough to overcome that dilemma. Let me make a couple of disclaimers before we look at some uh, principles that I think can help us get on the right path to moving beyond these things. Disclaimer number one. I'm only going to talk for about 20 minutes or so. And in 20 minutes, there is not nearly enough time to dive deeply into such a massive subject. And some of you will be tempted to walk out of here saying, he doesn't understand. He thinks it's way too simple. And I want to tell you right up front, I understand how incredibly and extremely difficult it is. And it it is a hard road. But I want you to walk away understanding this. I want you to walk away being sure that you don't underestimate the power of Jesus Christ to work in your life and to bring healing. Second disclaimer. For some of you, the addiction that has a hold on your life is has such a tight hold that in addition to the principles that we're going to talk about this morning, you need to get some professional help. You need to go find a Christian, biblically-based counselor or maybe even... Check into a program and get some help to overcome the addiction that afflicts your life. 
So having said those couple of things, let's dive into the first principle. The first principle is that we've got to trust God. We've got to trust God. Whatever it is in your life, whatever the addiction, whatever it is that has mastered you, you need to learn to trust God with it. Listen again to verses 12 and 13. Paul says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Don't let it be your master. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God. Catch that last part, but rather offer yourselves to God. In other words, quit trusting in the slave of your addiction, the mastery of your addiction, and start trusting in the power of God. And as I said a minute ago, I know immediately you say, but Jeff, you, you, you don't understand how big my problem is. You don't understand how difficult it is to overcome. Well, let me ask you a question. Which is bigger? A bottle of alcohol or God? Which is bigger, pornography or God? Which is bigger, a pack of cigarettes or God? Which is bigger, drugs or God? You know what, a lot of us today need to get to the place, same place that King David did in the Old Testament. King David in the Old Testament, when he faced the giant Goliath, everybody else kept saying to David as he faced the giant, look how big he is, look how big the giant is. You know what David said when he saw the giant? When David saw the giant, he said, My God is bigger and He will deliver us. And today, a lot of us in this room, you need to ask God to get you to the place where you look at the giant of an addiction or a sin habit in your life and you can say with David, My God is bigger and He will deliver me. He has the power. My God is bigger, and because He is bigger, and because He is for me, my God can deliver me. I don't have to be mastered any longer by my sin or by an addiction. Some of us need a Popeye moment. I grew up watching the cartoon Popeye. You know, and uh, you know he wasn't all that strong until he pulled out that can of spinach and he opened that thing up and chugged that spinach and suddenly he was incredibly powerful. Do you remember uh, what is the name of his uh, girlfriend was? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, the name of his uh, arch enemy? Yeah, Brutus. Olive oil and Brutus. And so that was the story of Popeye. And he didn't have very good grammar. But he had a lot of sayings, didn't he? And one of Popeye's sayings was, when he would get to a point where he was extremely frustrated, he would say, I can't stand it no more. I can't stand it no more. And a lot of us in this room today, we need to ask God to get us to the place today where we say, I can't stand it no more. I can't stand living in the darkness anymore. I can't stand living another day filled with fear that somebody is going to discover what I'm doing. I can't stand another day of being in bondage and being enslaved to this. I am finished. I want to be set free. And a lot of us in this place today need to cry out to God. I'm not talking about some kind of you know Sunday school prayer. Oh God, please help. No, I'm talking about the kind of crying out to God where you get down on your face before God and from the deepest part of your soul, you cry out to Him and you say, God, I am desperate. I am broken. I need You. I want You to set me free. I cannot do it alone. God, I am crying out desperately for Your help. We need to trust God. 
God has the ability and the capacity to move us out of being slaves to whatever we are addicted to or whatever our sin habit is. And He has the power and the ability to set us free. You've got to trust God. Not yourself, not other people. It begins with trusting God and believing He is big enough and powerful enough to help you overcome. Secondly, I would encourage you this morning, you need to make it public. You need to publicly speak it to somebody else. You need to say out loud what it is that has mastery over you. You need to make it public. The Bible says this in James chapter 5, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The Bible makes it really clear that I need to speak to someone out loud about my sin habit or my addiction so that they can pray for me And do you notice then what happens? What the Bible says? It says that when I speak it out loud and when somebody prays for me, that's when the door for healing is open. But we're afraid to do that, aren't we? Because you know what? You're going to protest and say, but I'm afraid because I'm afraid what that other person that I speak it out loud to will think or say about me. And you know what, friend? We have got to get over that. We have got to get over that. And we have got to trust somebody enough to speak it out loud. I heard about three ministers who were um, out in a boat fishing together. Maybe I've told you this story before. They were out fishing one day together and... uh, you know, they were friends, but as they were fishing, they started to really warm up to each other. And they, you know, one of them said, why don't, we, why don't we share some of the things that we're struggling with and we can support each other and pray for each other. So the first guy said, okay. He said, well, let me tell you guys, I struggle with looking at some of the wrong things on the Internet. And uh, you guys, if you'd pray for me and help me, that'd be great. And they said, yeah, we'll pray for you. And the second guy said, well, I'll be honest I'll, with you. Yeah, I'll tell you, i got a little problem with gambling. He said, I started doing it a little while ago just trying to get some extra money, but I'm kind of addicted to it now and I've dug this huge hole. Uh, I really need some help. And the guy's, you know, we'll, we'll help you. Well, the third guy, I mean, his eyes are huge at this point, And he's like, well, I have a problem too. I have a problem with gossip. And I can't wait to get back to town. <laughs> and some of you are afraid this morning that that will be the response of other people if you make it public to them. And again, I'm telling you, you've got to get over it. You've got to get it out of the darkness and into the light. You know what? Sin flourishes in the darkness of secrecy. But the light of confession kills it. It's true. Sin, addictions, flourish in the darkness of secrecy. But when you get them out into the light of confession, it has a way of killing them. And a lot of us in this room need to move our addiction, our sin habit, out of the darkness and into the light. We need to tell somebody. You need to go uh, to one of our shepherds and they're going to be available here at the end of our time. Guys who have been given the task by God to spiritually watch over you and they love you and they care about you and you need to go to them and look them in the eye and speak out loud what it is that you have become a slave to, what it is that has mastered you. Maybe in addition to that, you, uh, you need to go to your life group this week. And in the safety of a room of people who care about you and love you, you need to speak out loud to them and say, here is something in my life that I am struggling with so that they can pray for you and encourage you and help you and hold you accountable 
as you move forward in overcoming that. Maybe even beyond that, you need to find another Christ follower or two that you speak it out loud to, again, so that they can pray for you and encourage you and hold you accountable. But you've got to make it public. You've got to move it out of the darkness of secrecy and into the light of confession if you want to overcome it. Third principle, trust God, make it public. Finally, cooperate with God's change process. Cooperate with God's change process. Listen again to verse 13. Paul says, Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And again, notice he's asking us to do something. He says, Offer the parts of your body to Him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master, because you are not under law, but under grace. The principle here is that there is a part that I'm supposed to do. Do you notice the number of times he says, offer yourself. He's asking me to do something. Here's here's the principle I want you to get from this. I need to do whatever I can do to get it out of my life, and then I need to trust God with the rest. I need to do whatever I can do to get this habit, this addiction out of my life, and then I've got to trust God with the rest. Here's what that looks like. If alcohol is your issue, then when you go home today, today, you need to go home and you need to pour out every drop of alcohol in your house and everywhere else that you store it and get rid of it. Get rid of it. That's your part. That's something you can do to get it out of your life. And then, in a few hours or a few days, when you think you're going to die without it, then you've got to trust God and see what He will do to help get you through that difficult time. If it's internet pornography, then today you need to go home and there are a number of different software that you can download that monitor your computer and they ask you to set up somebody that you trust to be sort of your accountability person who will also get a report of every place that you go on the internet. And today, you need to go home while you're determined and do what you can do. And what you can do is to set it up so somebody is monitoring where you go on the Internet and holds you accountable for that. Maybe in your case you need to move your computer to a central location, the most public place in your house. And you need to admit before your family that you're struggling with this and ask them to hold you accountable and say to them, I will not ever use the computer unless you guys are around. I'll never do it when I'm alone. Or maybe for some of you, and I know this is really extreme in our culture, you need to get rid of your home computer. Because it has total control over you. And you need to get rid of it. That's what you can do. And then you trust God beyond that. If if it's uh, smoking today before you leave, whatever cigarettes you have with you, you need to throw them away. And if they're in your car, throw them away. If you've got them at home, throw them away. That's what you can do to get it out of your life. And then when the addiction kicks in and you struggle, that's where you've got to trust God to work through His power to do what He can do. There's some other principles, I think, that are in this whole idea of trusting God and His change process. One is that you, you need to recognize and move from trusting your willpower to trusting the power of God. I mean, if your willpower could change your life alone, you would have already changed it, right? 
So quit thinking that your willpower is going to do the job and start trusting in the power of God. Philippians uh, chapter 4, verse 13, he says, For I can do everything through my own willpower? No. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And some of you today need to quit trusting in your willpower and start trusting in the power of God. Here's another principle. Some of you need to change your environment. There are people that are in your life that fuel your addiction and your habits. And you need to get them out of your life. If that means changing friends, then change friends. If those people are associated with your workplace, now listen, I'm not telling you to go home and quit your job tomorrow morning, but I would say this to you. You start looking today for another job. I mean, if that means you have to take a little pay cut, then you take a little pay cut, but you find another job. And then you get away from those people that fuel that addiction in your life. If there are certain places that you go to that you are more vulnerable, quit going to those places. Get away from them. They fuel your addiction. They fuel your sin habits. Another principle is that you need to get some help. You need to get some help in addition to what we're talking about. Let me suggest two or three different resources. Number one, I would suggest a program that another church does a couple times a week called Celebrate Recovery. Grace Church here in Cape Coral runs this incredible program that started out in California. They do a fantastic job. They do it as well as anybody I have ever seen. And I would tell you, you got to get there. On, if you're having, struggling with an addiction, you get there on Friday night and join their program. And they will love you and help you and help you move out of that addictive lifestyle. Uh, they offer it on Friday nights at their Cape campus and on Tuesday nights at their North Fort Myer campus. And I'm telling you, you got to go be part of it. Okay? Now, I'm not telling you to go to church there. Okay? Be clear about that. Got that? You come here on Sundays. You go there for Celebrate Recovery. Okay? Just had to get that in so we were clear with my friend George, who's the pastor there. Okay? Here's another thing. If you need help beyond that, you've got to get some counseling. And you call our church office this week, and uh, you talk to any of our staff, and uh, we'll point you in the direction of some counselors that we believe in and that could help you. Uh, let me recommend to all of you a book. Uh, I think it's a great resource that I've used this week as I've been studying about this called Life Heal- Life's Healing Choices by John Baker. You can go home and order it on Amazon or wherever today. And uh, he was the founder of Celebrate Recovery in California that has moved across our country. It's a great book. It's got a lot of really helpful things involved in it. Another principle as you cooperate with God in His change process is that you need to change your focus. You know, where you focus is the direction that your life moves in. Where you focus, what you focus on is what dominates your life. And a lot of us, a lot of us, we need to change the channel of our mind and quit focusing on bad things and start focusing on the power of God's Word, the Bible. You know that the Bible contains 7,000 promises for us? You've got to start memorizing those promises. Why don't you just try memorizing one a week? And every time that you're drawn to the bad thoughts of your sinful habit or your addiction, you change the channel of your mind back to the good things of the promises of God. You know, when we, uh, when we jump into an addiction or when we begin some kind of habit, I think it's sort of like you know, we're picking up just a, a few pebbles along the way. And at first, as we're involved in whatever it is that we've grown addicted to, it doesn't seem like a big deal, it doesn't. And we just kind of carry around this few handful of pebbles and it's just no big deal. Maybe we put them in our pocket at times and, uh, you know, it's just no big deal. But really without us even realizing what is happening, this small handful of pebbles grows to become 
this bag, this heavy bag of garbage that we begin to, to tote around. And what seemed like it wasn't a big deal when we were carrying around just a few of those little pebbles suddenly becomes a huge burden in our lives. And, and everywhere we go, we carry it around. And in some places like this, we do our very best to try to hide the fact that we're carrying around this bag of garbage in our lives. But everywhere we go, there it is. And our addiction fuels it, or our sin habit fuels it. And we carry around this bag. Wouldn't you like to be free of carrying around your bag of garbage? Jesus has the power to set you free. Because God is for you and because God is big enough and powerful enough, you can be set free. And you can drop this bag of garbage that you've been carrying around right at the feet of Jesus. Here's what I want to invite you to do today. When you came in this morning, you were given a garbage bag, which seemed like a pretty silly thing, didn't it? Would you take that out right now and go ahead and make this, if you make some noise with it, would you kind of open it up? And I want you to invite you to do something mentally with that today. After you have opened up that garbage bag, I, I want to invite you to mentally take whatever it is that is your sin habit, your addiction, and I want you to sort of just picture yourself picking that up, that habit, that addiction, that sin, and throwing it in the garbage bag. And in a moment, I'm going to give you a chance to move. And I want to invite you then, once you have taken that addiction, that sin habit, and you've thrown it in the garbage bag, I want to invite you to the front here where figuratively I want you to picture yourself bringing that garbage bag and dropping it at the feet of Jesus and leaving it there and walking away. Now, there's a second step that I want to challenge you to do too, and this is, this is much more challenging. Listen, this is much more challenging. Our shepherds and our staff are going to position themselves along the side of the auditorium here. And I want to challenge you. Yeah, they can go ahead and move. I want to challenge you after you drop your bag of garbage here, after you drop the bag of your sin and addiction, I want to challenge you and invite you to go to one of them and to speak out loud what it is that you're leaving behind. And they are going to take some oil and anoint you as the Bible calls us to do when people are sick, even sick with sin. And they are going to pray for your healing right now. And I believe with all of my heart, I do, with all of my heart, that Jesus has the power right here, right now, right in this place to heal you of that sin habit and to heal you of your addiction. So this morning, whether it is some addictive kind of thing or it is a sin habit, doesn't matter. I want to invite you to throw it away in the garbage, to bring your garbage bag and drop it at the feet of Jesus. And if you'll be courageous enough, to go and speak it out loud to one of these people. Let them anoint you with oil and pray for your healing right now. Go ahead. Let's leave it at the feet.